Hello and welcome to The Grand Thunk, the podcast in which we, Alex Blanchard and Rhiannon Kearns, discuss what we've been reading, watching and listening to, a fairly simple premise. We have transcripts in our link tree in our Instagram bio at The Grand Thunk. You can message us there or email us, thegrandthunk at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. So please subscribe, rate, review and tell all your friends. Before we jump straight into this episode, we just want to remind everyone about our exciting live book club, the first of the Grand Thunks book club events that's coming up on, oh shit, I've forgotten the date. Friday the 12th. Friday the 12th of November in the evening, 7.30pm, be there, I'll be square. We'll be jumping on Zoom all together and the book for our first book club is Happy Hour as voted by you guys by Marlo Granados and we'll hopefully all have read the book in advance and you can come with all your thoughts, feelings, questions, mad ideas, anything you like to throw in the pot. We'll have a good old chinwag about it and it'll just be so lovely to see all your faces and, and have a good old thunk together. So please do (laughs) sign up. You can find all the details via the link in our bio. Wonderful. Wow, you did a really good job of that. That went way better than I thought it would. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. I'm good. It feels like it's been two seconds since we recorded the last episode. (laughs) I know. It's a bit weird, isn't it? I've got no Mm. news to tell you. The only exciting update I have for you is the warm glow of my new little desk lamp because it's getting dark early. Yeah. I've got one of those very good for the environment energy saving bulbs in this room, which is great, but doesn't provide much light. No. Well, also the nice thing about old fashioned bulbs, they provide quite a lot of warmth as well. (laughs) Mm. So yeah, my office gets very dark and dingy very early in mm. the evenings now. So I got myself a funky little wicker lamp number from B&M. Oh, how Absolute lovely. Bargain. Yeah. And I'm just really enjoying it. So there we go. Small pleasures. And I saw your bird pictures going up on your wall. Oh yeah, we had those for ages. Yeah, we did that terrible thing of having a great idea about how to arrange photos mm. and then starting doing it and just instantly regretting it. But we've got these six prints of these really lovely bird drawings mm. and we wanted to put them up in a rectangle. Yeah. Quite close together. Yeah. <laughs> and we just thought that'd be easy, you know, we've got a, got a spirit level, got a ruler, we'll be fine. But you forget that when you put square pictures that close together everything has to be exactly straight or it looks Mm. so bad so it took us way longer than planned but yeah it's Mm. nice i like it nice little birdie wall (laughs) (laughs) lovely i've also been having a bit of home renovations this weekend and i've painted the kitchen and my office very exciting (laughs) any funky colors or have you gone nice and neutral Oh, we've gone for a stunning mustard in the kitchen, which is mustard. a bit nuts. It's like a really dark, mustardy colour. It's awesome. Oh, I love it. I know. And then my office is a fairly neutral, warm stone colour. But I painted the back part of my bookshelf with a red earth colour, which is really beautiful. So you mm. can only just see it behind the books. And I'm making potentially the controversial decision to only populate my bookshelf with female authors. <laughs> oh, I like it. Okay. Does that make me a knob? <laughs> well, I don't know. It depends what you're doing with the male ones. But burning them, just burning them. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're in the main living room bookshelf. I've always admired people who have really cool ways of arranging their bookshelves. You know, some people do it 
via like colors and things and then they're like rainbow bookshelves i just think no do you know, you're not a fan don't like the rainbow style oh it just doesn't make any sense to me i'm just how i guess it would make sense if i understood all my books in terms of color but always thematically mm. surely yeah i mean it does look really nice on other people's shelves i think it's a bit too neat for me i quite like the randomness of a bookshelf mm. ours are at the moment i've realized the other day very out of character for us in sections of theme like you said but i did notice mm. the day i was like oh my god they're not alphabetized what have we become would you actually alphabetize your bookshelf oh, i do enjoy a good order oh yeah. wow I think I judge other people who alphabetize things too harshly. Although now that I'm thinking about it, would it be quite useful? I've got a friend who orders their spices in terms of spices and herbs and then alphabetized within those categories. And <laughs> Oh yeah, I do that as well. Do Mine you? are alphabetized. Every time I tell someone about this as being like, how, how absurd is this? They're always like, I do that. And I'm like, okay, I think I just need to stop judging people <laughs> for alphabetizing their spices. <laughs> it just makes it so much easier. I just know where everything is. And also mm. I think 90% of my spice rack is C, to be fair, you know, with coriander and yes. cumin and yes. chili and everything. It's ridiculous. Quite. Gosh, <laughs> we've got fun early. <laughs> Very spicy and exciting. <laughs> I think one really has to get through the first ten minutes of discussion from us because it's never it's never quality. <laughs> Just some fun drivel. And whilst we're on a sort of a drivelly a drivelly mm-hmm. path, mm-hmm. I'm gonna kick us off because I've got a bit of a false start. Yeah to get going with this week and I've hit a bit of a stumbling block Uh and I don't know whether to persevere or not so I need your advice I need the listeners advice Mm. to help me out on this dump his ass (laughs) (laughs) funnily enough that wasn't the line I was going down okay Um, okay but I yeah dear diary no I'm listening to the audiobook of the one and only Sally Rooney's latest novel beautiful world where are you and I just can't get into it and I really feel like I should but also I kind of think I feel like I should because it's Sally Rooney and I just feel like I owe it to the universe to like her book but I've also seen bits and bobs online of people finding it quite difficult but then I've also not wanted to delve into that because I don't want to spoil it and I'm just Mm. like I think we've spoken about this before but how long is too long before you just move on I've got a big stack of books and I'm sort of occasionally like oh i should put that audio book back on so i can finish it but it's a really strange one have you read it yet i'm not as we know sally rooney's biggest fan Mm. i think she's overrated i don't think you should waste your time on a book that you're not loving i think there's plenty of time to come back to it yeah you've got all the time in the world to come back to it read something you really want to read that is good advice Always. And I think you said that last time I was having this dilemma. So I think you're right because it is just a name thing. That's why I'm sticking with this book. If it was anyone else that had written it, I wouldn't be reading it anymore. But because it's her, I just feel like I should. And I don't know, there was so much Mm. hype around it and I kind of wanted to understand why. But I just, I can't Mm. really put my finger on why. It's very odd in that it isn't really plot driven. It's very character based, but also Mm. I don't really care about any of the characters yet. And I don't know Mm. if I'm going to, or if it takes time or if they're just not going to connect with me like that, or if that's something anyone else has experienced. So if you have read or listened to Beautiful World, Where Are You? Please let me know. Did you feel the same at the beginning? Mm. Am I going to get into it? Is it worth persevering? Maybe you had the complete opposite and you've been gripped from the start. But there's a lot of characters thinking out loud. Well, not thinking out loud, obviously. There's a lot of us reading about the characters thinking and pondering. And it's quite philosophical. 
and I'm just not really invested in them mm. enough to be invested in what they're feeling. So yeah, I guess it's a bit of a funny one. I know mm. one of our golden rules on the Grand Thunk is to only come on and chat about things we love, which I've kind of not done, but I'm just crying out for help. Mm. Tell me what to do, people. Trash, 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 dump his ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're, you're so right. And I think also I've, in keeping with the Grand Thunk's general positivity vibes, I really feel like I haven't actually given Sally Rooney enough of a chance, but the way in which people rant and rave about her, I find quite off-putting, which has led me away from from actually pursuing her work properly I think Mm. I haven't dived into her work with the fulsome attitudes that I should (laughs) or that I usually do rather it's a bit of a thinker we'll see what happens with that but yeah do let me know what to do have you been inspired more than I have this week yes I have (laughs) but one of these books is seguing very nicely I've been reading Seneca's On the Shortness of Life which is mind-blowing. And it's quite a difficult read in that if you're not living your life properly, it seems incredibly critical and close to the bone. But essentially, he's writing about mastering your own time and living your life properly. And that time is one of the only commodities that we have that is truly precious. And we give it away so freely. And we let other people trespass on our time with no compunction. And we forego living our life with the understanding that you'll retire when you're 50 or more like 75 now and do the things that you want to do. But the time before that is so precious and why waste living until you're older and that we spend so much time doing the things that we think we ought to do rather than doing the things that we want to do and not in a I want to get drunk and have a party sort of way, but in a I want to pursue what I feel is the purpose of life and I want to pursue knowledge and I want to pursue... He doesn't speak about this, but I suppose kindness or things that really matter in life. And I think lockdown was very good for putting this into perspective for so many people, which is why I think so many people changed tack and moved to different jobs or moved their side Mm. hustle to full hustle. But then now that life's picked back up to a normal-ish pace again, this was a very timely reminder for me to keep my own time my own and to pursue things that are worthy in Seneca's eyes this is philosophy um <laughs> he's, he's the only way of not wasting your time is by reading and writing philosophy but he believes in dedicating yourself to learning how to live your life and how to die and that you can't choose the family you're born to but you can choose the family you live with so choose the Stoics choose Epicurus choose these epic philosophical writers and I'm not sure that I necessarily completely agree with that but I do think that God your time is unbelievably worthwhile and I often find myself saying yes to everything and lots of the things I really really enjoy but it does slightly alienate me from my higher purpose (laughs) and it's important to remember how precious our resources of time and energy are it's so funny to have it told to you by someone who is literally living at the beginning of time because he was writing Mm. he lived from 4 BC to 65 AD which is nuts because it's, it's incredibly mm. modern, the book. And then suddenly he'll talk about the forum or young slave boys and things like that, which is quite confronting. Wow. Like you were saying with the book that you were reading, that why waste your time on doing the things that you don't want to do or that you feel like you ought to do and you should do? Dedicate your life to things that are, that are worthy. Mm. It's very confronting, but also useful. Mm. Useful... and helpful and he also critiqued the collection of useless knowledge and so for that reason 
I am hereby discontinuing the Huda Thunk segment from here on. What? <laughs> Only joking. This is the first week that you know I have one. <laughs> Do you? I'm amazing. No, I'm not. I was only joking. Because like, <laughs> who kidding? cares what Seneca thinks? Are you kidding? <laughs> it's only our bloody namesake. <laughs> so in that vein, did you know that pigs are pregnant for three months, three weeks and three days on average? I have to say I did know that, but that did is only you? because I'm from a family of vets. <laughs> I learned from a vet who came to stay with me. <laughs> oh, there we go. Some good vetty mm. knowledge. That's a good, a good fact. You tell me yours. Well, this is such a different tangent, <laughs> but we'll go for it. So this is courtesy of my good friend Eloise, mm. who actually is also responsible for another recommendation I'm going to talk about later. So this podcast is kindly sponsored by Eloise Johnson. Thank you very much <laughs> with your knowledge. Did you know that it was a Catholic man who helped invent the contraceptive pill? Interesting. Mm. So yeah, like I said, I found this out from Elle, who is a doctor, yeah. and we were talking about the pill, I can't remember why, and she was telling me how the week off, the seven day break, is mm. now completely redundant, and it's actually no longer medically advised that you need to or should have mm. the seven day break on the contraceptive pill. I think this changed, I looked up as of 2019, so it's not mm -hmm. the newest of information, but it's quite new to me. Yeah. The NHS Faculty of Sexual and Reproductive Healthcare guidance changed to say, there are no health benefits to taking a seven-day break or having a seven-day placebo pill mm. and that having a period is not necessary wonderful news mm. and actually it was only designed to be like that to mimic a typical 28-day cycle so that mm. it appeared a woman was sort of menstruating as normal without interference and this was thanks to dr john rock who was a devout Catholic and gynecologist who built in this break in the contraceptive pill in order to please the Catholic Church and hopefully to earn the endorsement of the Pope at the time. Sadly, mm. this was not successful. He did not earn the endorsement of the Pope. But that is why it used to be advisable to have that seven-day break. But more on, on Dr. John Rock, who was my actual thunk moment. So he was a very well-respected doctor by both his peers and his patients. This is all happening in sort of the 1950s. He had already got a little bit of sort of notoriety for being a Catholic doctor who, who really encouraged couples to talk about sex before marriage. Mm. And he just offered a much more modern view than was held you know, in the 50s or by the Catholic Church. And mm. he wanted to provide safe birth control options. He was also, I loved this, he was offering a rhythm clinic as well as an infertility clinic almost next door. So he was helping women who were trying to conceive, but he was also helping women understand their natural cycles so they could mm. new, so they could have sex without getting pregnant. And that was obviously really unheard of at the time. Mm. He was approached by some other scientists and he conducted research into unexplained infertility and used progesterone and estrogen with a sample group of women. And it was through this work that he kind of subsequently made discoveries that were then necessary to assist with producing the contraceptive pill. So a Catholic dude helped with the contraceptive pill who'd a thunk what a legend I yeah know. who'd a thunk i read this really long article about him which i'll share in the show notes because it actually goes into the other people involved as well and it's so yeah. fascinating and i just had no idea that it, that was when it happened and obviously loads of after kind of the 
necessary understanding was was grasped yeah. about how this would work. It then had to go and be approved, as well as huge objections from the Catholic Church and things. This is all happening in the US. But yeah, it was just such an interesting old journey. So I first of all didn't know that the whole break thing was kind of deliberate. And mm-hmm. one article I read about it when I was looking into it more was, did you know that basically women having a period when they're on the pill is all because one man wanted to please another man when he was making mm. a pill. was <laughs> a funny way of putting it. Yeah. I think I kind of knew it was not essential, but I didn't really know it was absolutely, there was no health benefits at all. Yeah. So that's a fun little revelation in my world. But also, yeah, the whole origins of how this all became, this, all, this was all invented. I was very interested by that. Yeah, it does tie in so well, doesn't it, to the way in which female bodies are essentially ruled by an arbitrary second party that just Mm. (laughs) decides that they think one thing is acceptable and one thing isn't boggles me Mm. i mean he was doing it in a yes he's doing it in a very progressive way at the time because he wanted it to be passed for the obvious reasons Mm. and knew he had to reflect the catholic expectations to even have a chance Mm. but it is sort of funny looking at it now that that's Mm. the reason who'd have thunk who'd have thunk I have got a knockout book, which you're going to love, called Promising Young Women by Caroline O'Donoghue. Not to be confused with Promising Young Woman, the film. Yes, a lovely (laughs) listener, Mm. Kath, has posted about this yes a couple of months ago mm. and i think i was on our instagram account and got all excited and thought oh my gosh is this a book mm. that inspired the film mm-hmm. and then after she'd read it a bit she told me that actually no it was completely separate but that it was really good yeah oh, i'm so pleased you're reading this yes don't count me as saying something completely accurate but i was listening to never i never do <laughs> very wise <laughs> i was listening <laughs> to caroline's podcast i think she pitched her book to a production company that ended up making the film Promising Young Woman. Woman. So I had to say it like that because otherwise it's too confusing. <laughs> the, the same production company that she pitched her book to took the title and ah. made their film. Interesting. Okay. I might have remembered details of that incorrectly. I think it was produced by Margot Robbie, wasn't it? Promising Young Woman, the film. Yes, yes. I don't know if it was the production company or she pitched it to somebody Mm. who then went on to make the film Promising Young Woman. Woman. Which is how how it will be known forevermore. Oh my God, have you seen that great film with Karen Milligan, Promising Young Woman? (laughs) I think it should. I think the distinction has to be made. (laughs) Otherwise, how are we supposed to know? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm really on a roll with Caroline O'Donoghue's body of work. This is the first book that she wrote, but the last book of hers that I'm reading. And it's amazing. I started this book very gently, a couple of pages a night, and then 50 pages in, I suddenly found myself so stuck, like glued to the book. Are you, perchance, a Lord of the Rings fan slash... Do you know Lord of the Rings? No, much too many people, including uh. your brother's dismay. I <laughs> only, I think I've possibly seen like two of them all the way through, but no, mm. I'm not. I've not really watched them. Sorry. Okay. Well, this is not for you then. This reference. <laughs> Tell me anyway. I'll make the right sounds. 
there's a scene when Pippin picks up Saruman's Palantir, which is his like seeing stone, his special crystal ball, and he gets so sucked in and unable to remove himself, and he's writhing on the floor, screeching with his arms outstretched, like holding this ball. That was basically me with this book. I just couldn't put it down. I was so magnetized, and <laughs> my poor dry eyes still haven't recovered from it. <laughs> Promising Young Woman is a dark and unnerving office romance. Jane, our protagonist, has been working in an advertising firm for a couple of years whilst running an Agony Aunt side blog. And she's been with her boyfriend, Max, for a number of years. So it's a complete shock to her when he breaks up with her on Mm. her birthday. Well, a couple of days before her birthday, but we we love (laughs) the drama. And... She then becomes embroiled in an office romance with Clem, her handsome older boss, spoiler. (laughs) And this relationship and her breakup sends Jane on this dizzying downward spiral. But then there's something else at work. Caroline said that her plan was to riff on popular gothic fiction tropes where the heroine is usually wandering through an awful grand house full of uncertain people and a sense that something bad is living in the walls, in the water, in the soil. I wanted that, but for the office. And she so succeeds because this book is haunting and gripping. And it's kind of what I've loved about all of Caroline's work is that there's this line between the mystical and reality. That's There's, a, there's always something woohoo and gothic and uncertain at work while still being set in a very down-to-earth world with very down-to-earth characters that are incredibly human and realistic and not necessarily acknowledging the mysticism that surrounds them, but still being embroiled in it. And I love this blurring between reality and fiction and it's just like so juicy, very gripping, very fun. And I think you'll really enjoy it. Mm, It sounds so great. I'm so excited to read that. Yeah, it's really fun. It's a bit scary and mad. <laughs> Love a bit of madness. Dark. <laughs> but yes, really enjoyed that and I think you will too. I have been madly in love with another mm. audiobook of which ah mm-hmm. oh, this is the other recommendation from my friend Elle. Yes. I've been listening to Joe Lysett's hilarious audiobook, which ah. is called Parsnips Buttered. Yes. And it is, oh my God, it's so funny. It's really mm. ridiculous and a total tonic to life. If you aren't mm-hmm. a fan or follower of Joe Lysett already, he is a brilliant comedian. Mm. And over recent years, he has become known for his kind of pranks i guess and Mm. escapades that expose corrupt businesses or large corporations that are kind of taking Mm. the piss and who are cheating the kind of everyday person and he basically sets Mm -hmm. out to right these wrongs on behalf of the public and they're Mm. kind of small but significant grievances and actually some are really big but he does it in such brilliant ways i think it all started on twitter Mm -hmm. and now he does it on this tv show he has which is called joe lice it's got your back so Mm -hmm. people write in with these problems either ridiculous clauses with letting agents who are trying to fleece them or businesses that have treated people really unfairly or you know things like Mm -hmm. that and he basically goes to ridiculous 
lengths and takes ridiculous measures to kind of expose and match the ridiculousness of their choices in these businesses. Mm. And he really champions equality and fairness, but all with just a massive dollop of silliness and humor and the yeah. flair for the dramatic like no other. And it's so mm. wonderful. And it's just such great light relief because he is mm. making real change and it yes. isn't just tiny. Yes. It's helping people out massively and... Mm. And also some of it is ridiculous and it's just he loves to kind of challenge unnecessary things, you know, like the bit I'm at, <laughs> at the moment, he's he had hired a office space to write this book in and to, he writes mm-hmm. his stand up there. I don't know why, but for some reason he put a sign up and saying that he'd lost his cat and it was a picture <laughs> of a fox. Yes. <laughs> and the woman emailed him like, uh, you do know that no pets are allowed in, in this office building just because she had completely missed the point that it, yeah. it was a fox and <laughs> was being so pernickety and talking about his contract and he got his contract out and realised there was no clause about that. He just took it so far and just kept yeah. going and going and going. And it's all in the name <laughs> of just a massive laugh, but also proving little points and making little wins. Mm. And so this book is basically his account of all those adventures he's been on and these crazy tales. Oh, and how wonderful. Most hilarious email chains I've ever heard. Yeah. And it's just side-splittingly funny. He's so brilliant. He's got such a way with words, unlike anyone else mm. whose work I love. I full-on snort laugh as I'm driving along. It yeah. is a hazard to be honest and I recommend it to everyone <laughs> Rhiannon's swerving around the road as she finds out <laughs> about yet another parking ticket evaded <laughs> yeah literally oh, it's just lovely. so good yeah I think especially if you're feeling like overwhelmed with the world mm. or sometimes you can watch a lot of amazing documentaries and feel really overwhelmed by mm. the state of the planet and politics and ethics of the world and just mm. there's no hope and then you just need to listen to Joe Lysett challenge some parking fine like you said and it's just ah it's just so brilliantly funny I just absolutely love it also I think what's so interesting is it sometimes begins to feel like the people on the other end of the bureaucratic pendulum have all the time in the world to just be infuriatingly obtuse Mm. and literal and make your life difficult (laughs) so how funny to send someone who has essentially made it their job to do exactly the same back to them. Yeah. Like he just picks up on everything. Yes. Like another one that I can just think of is like he kept getting texts saying, do you have unclaimed PPI insurance? I can get the money back for you. Yeah. And so he just kept going back and forth with this guy. Yeah. And eventually the guy was like, okay, I don't think I can help you. Mm -hmm. The end. Yeah. (laughs) And he just kept texting him saying, you have disappointed me, Martin. And he kept doing it back and back. He basically kept texting him in the way that those companies text you. Mm. And it went on to the point where he downloaded an app which sends out automated messages on a timer. So he just saved this dude's number and sent him, you have disappointed me, Martin, every 30 minutes for like a week. Oh my God. (laughs) Presumably not his personal phone, presumably a work phone. Who, Martin? Yes. I don't know. I think Martin was a bit of a con artist, so I don't think he was legit. Oh, okay. Um, Me feeling... (laughs) Poor hassled Martin, Martin. (laughs) who's been trying to do his job that only just pays for his family and (laughs) Joan Lysett just destroying him at every corner. (laughs) Oh dear. No, but Martin the con um, man we have no sympathy for. No sympathy for you. You can have all the texts in the world. I think he eventually blocked him or changed his number. But anyway, Mm. I can't recount the tales because they're so funny and Mm. I will not do them justice. But it was... 
a brilliant, brilliant read. And like I said, I've got the audiobook. Yes. Because Audible just can't get rid of me, Alex. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. Every time I go to cancel that free subscription, they're like, are you sure? Here's a half price book. And I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> and All I right. think, sure, I'll stay. So I've had loads of free stuff out of them. So oh, here I wonderful. am. Speaking of con men, that actually really is a very effective tool is quitting or trying to leave contracts and things and it, people get very persuasive and offer you a lot of things when you try and leave things it's interesting oh yeah sam's had a bloody beer 52 subscription box he's been uh, trying to cancel for about a year because they you can't cancel it online he's like i can't, they have to make me ring up and then they start talking to me and uh, the guy has a nice accent and they give me free things and i just find it very <laughs> stressful and so just constantly get i think he just likes having beer delivered to be honest it's all a well ruse. why not why not <laughs> If you're going to keep me clinging in Audible, then Joe Lysett has been all worth it because mm. it's such a good listen. And because obviously it's him and he yeah. is a comedian and like yeah. the way he reads it is so perfect. So, And I yeah, suppose you also recommend. get the details of how a thing happened mm. that you wouldn't include in the TV show to keep it snappy. You probably get a lot more interesting behind the scenes. Yeah, and there's just such a variety, I think, of the big corporates he takes on versus like the silly little things mm. that it really is. A proper old chuckle. I really recommend mm. it. <laughs> I've watched an episode of two of a very silly TV show called The Bold Type, ah. which is an office drama where three young women are working their way up Scarlet Magazine's ranks. So it's basically Cosmo and they seem to encounter lots of feminist and relatable problems along the way, like figuring out how to have an orgasm and how to negotiate a proper relationship or how to speak up and support other women. So far, it's very silly, but very enjoyable. Very American. They're all clacking around in their heels and their lattes and their strange fashion choices. But it's slightly less cliched than other things that I'd seen of its ilk, but cliched enough that it's in, it's wonderful. <laughs> that sounds good. Mm. Have you watched it all or are you just sort of dipping your toe in at the moment? No, I've, I've watched an episode or two, so I've watched enough to think I might continue, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. It's very, very, very light. It's meringue. Mm. It's marshmallow. Well, I need something new like that. Yeah, I need a, I kind of a nice, new, easy mm. TV watch. Ooh, good. Yes, and they they managed to avoid the pitfalls doing that thing that the drama will base, be based on a misunderstanding. It's more the drama will be based on not getting the pay rides you needed. They're, they're quite sort of realistic problems, which I think makes it more interesting, despite the fact that they're... It's very Emily in Paris, but with slightly more realistic problems and mm, scenarios. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. I like it. On a completely different note, <laughs> literally other end of the spectrum. We should have done these Aye. the other way around, so we went down mm. then up. I watched a really lovely little film last night, but it's ever so sad, oh, yeah. but it was still really oh, nice, no. called yeah. The Starling. Have you seen it or heard of it? Oh. It came out vaguely recently, I think possibly this year or yes. last year. Yes, it does look sad, doesn't it? Yeah, it stars Melissa McCarthy and Chris O'Dowd, yes. which is why I picked uh, it, because they're both so wonderful. And they absolutely were yes. wonderful in it. It's really, really beautiful. Yeah. And it's about a couple who very sadly lose their daughter 
And mm. it actually doesn't really go into, you know, how or when or anything like that. It's very much about the aftermath and not the event. Mm-hmm. And it follows their lives and their relationship a year on. And Jack, played by Chris O'Dowd, is in a psychiatric ward um, rehabilitating. And Lily, played by Melissa McCarthy, sort of visits him once a week and is then trying to deal with her own grief at home and get on with her mm. life. And she's also actually dealing with the grief of, Jack's attempted suicide following yes, of the death of their yeah. daughter. So it's very intense and sad. And the whole situation and story is sort of pitted against this backdrop of their family home's garden. And mm. you see this crazily overgrown veg patch and this wild garden that's been abandoned and looks really, you know, unruly. It's been like that mm. for a year or so. And it's really damaged and Lily begins trying to to work on the garden and resurrect it. And as she mm. does, a starling flies overhead and starts to mob her. It sort of swoops down <laughs> and aggressively attacks her. And yeah. it keeps doing this. Like the first time it happened, I was like, what the hell? That's not real. Mm. And Sam was like, no, they do that. They're extremely protective over their mm. young and they don't mm. just become defensive. They get quite offensive and they attack mm. anyone near she has this battle with the starling and it's all very metaphorical and it is a touch on the nose at mm-hmm. times, but it is so heart-wrenchingly beautiful and raw and tender at the same time that I kind of forgave it mm. that little indiscretion mm. because the performances of both the lead actors were just remarkable and quite near the end, they have this longish exchange and it made me realise suddenly, actually, there's very little dialogue in this film because I was suddenly mm. like, oh my God, people are talking. And it's really visual and it's mm. very beautiful, beautiful music that tell a lot of the story. There's some awesome songs by, original songs by the Lumineers in there that were really stunning. Ooh, yeah. All the tracks really resonated with me, actually. It was just beautiful. Mm. I think the music supervision was by the same woman who did A Star Is Born and mm. some other films that when I saw her credits, I was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, But it's just such a delicate film and it, it didn't mm. necessarily grip me or hold me for all of it. There were moments mm-hmm. in the story that I thought weren't massively necessary, but there were such beautiful moments of tenderness that it, it really mm. held its own for me by the end. And it was so memorable. And yeah, Chris O'Dowd and Melissa McCarthy are just so stunning in it. So, so mm. brilliantly performed. And it's a real story of growth and it doesn't necessarily have to resolve anything. You know, it's never going to resolve anything after something as tragic as that. And it's mm. not completely downbeat. There's kind of comedy in there. I think that's what I didn't sit well with at the beginning is the kind of comedy of this bird that then mm. turned into more of a storyline. And there's a bit of CGI that was maybe a bit cheesy and things like that. Yeah. But on the whole, it was still a really lovely watch, quite a short film, which I quite liked. Mm. And just some beautiful relationships. So yeah, a really touching, touching little tale was uh, The Starling. And that's on Netflix oh. if you fancy it. God, that sounds so poignant. Mm. That sort of reminds me, I don't know why, tonally of a TV show I watched ages ago called The Flowers. Okay. Which I don't know whether I have spoken about on here, but it's about a family. The father's a writer and who has depression and the family's just sort of very eccentric and lives in this very eccentric house and it's very funny and poignant and beautiful and it sort of has a similar vibe, f- feeling to that. Mm. I really recommend The Flowers if anyone's interested. It's very, very English, very beautiful and funny, but also tragic. Mm. That kind of tragic comedy, I think, which is so hugely effective. Definitely. And that's definitely, I think, what they were going for with this film. Because there is 
some real, you know, light relief in there and some really funny bits as well. And mm. that are instantly followed with something that makes you kind of, oh, lump in the throat. Mm. But it just had that, like you said, that kind of quality of, it was very still and quite composed and it wasn't like mm. rushing to tell you a story. It was just sort of exposing these people in their lives and this awful thing that's happened to them. And yeah, mm. lots to love about it. Really sweet film. Yeah. Okay. I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you didn't like some bits. Yeah. That sounds like a really beautiful recommendation. Thank you so much. It's sort of left me with that feeling of poignancy and longing, which I think Aww. is totally acceptable for the ending. Yeah, go stare out of the window at a sunset or something. Go nurture Rue's bleeding foot. And... Oh, yeah. I don't know if I'll make the edit, but we had a slight medical catastrophe halfway through this episode. So uh, hopefully your husband still has all ten toes. Hopefully Fingers we can crossed. scrub the blood out of the floorboards. <laughs> And we're back to DIY. <laughs> Painting walls. <laughs> That's a real full circle, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be scrubbing my floorboards with blood. <laughs> oh, lovely. We Not are near Halloween. Blood, from blood. Oh, God, I'm so excited. I've got so many Halloween watches that I've planned. I'm going to tell you all the ones that I'm planning to watch. And on the off chance that I don't get to watch them, then at least people have got the recommendations of what I reckon I'm going to watch. Okay. Cabin in the Woods. There's one, someone showed it to me and it looks really funny. It's got Tim McKinnery in. Their office goes to some like retreat cabin for a team building exercise and then it turns out there's like a murderer on the loose and they have to deal with that. But it just looks like a really funny comedy <laughs> horror. So Severance. I've decided I think I'm going to watch Rocky Horror Picture Show mm. and... The Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, yeah. I've never actually seen Little Shop of Horrors. No, me neither. I've seen Rocky Horror Picture Show too many times. It was the first show that was on when I started oh. working as an usher at Manchester Palace Theatre and I just watched it for a month. And yeah. It was, I was done. I, the audience for Rocky Horror Show always the worst. Oh, really? If you're an usher. Do you know what I mean? Oh, really? As in like, it's not an easy shift. It's not like Cinderella, no. everyone sits down and claps. Yeah. So I think I just sort of attached the resentment to it, but I maybe uh, I should watch it again. Actually, I've never actually watched the film, so I should join you on that one. Yes. <laughs> That's a whole sort of fantasy of all the Halloween films that I'm going to catch up on that I've never got to watch or never got around to watching in the past. But I, that's the ones I can remember for now. Mm. A film for people that are into a comedy about ghosts. Extraordinary. Very funny. It's about a driving instructor who can see ghosts and <laughs> this man called Martin is being haunted by the ghost of his wife. And so she helps him to exercise the wife from the house. But it's also coupled with an evil plan from a song maker who only had a one hit song who wants to use his special penis stick to find a virgin so that he can oh, sacrifice the virgin to get a hit song and it's very funny it's, it's set in Ireland with two Irish actors and it's hilarious and it's very dry and ridiculous so these are my these are my <laughs> Halloween plans. <laughs> Sounds great. I'm <laughs> suitably intrigued and definitely not going to watch it, but I can't wait to hear you tell me about it. Oh no, you have to watch Extraordinary. <gasps> I, I demand that you watch Extraordinary. The ghost I think... one with the penis thing. <laughs> Is that the same one? Yes. That film I think oh. you're going to love. 
It's okay. so funny. So funny. I'll give it a whirl. It's not a horror. The ghosts aren't scary. The only manifestation of the ghost is like a bin that rattles and then one of the characters gets possessed by his wife in one moment be himself and then suddenly he'll have a cigarette hanging out of his mouth and he'll be like, "Ah, you're a slatch. Ah." (laughs) This film sounds like about four (laughs) different plots that are not at all connected. (laughs) Gonna have to watch it. It's very harmonious, I promise. okay right i will (laughs) chat to you next week when i've watched that please watch it please (laughs) i'll try try my i'll try my hardest (laughs) thank you for a fabulous chat as always as always i look forward to speaking to you next week yes can't wait loads of love thanks for listening bye